It's the Hot Stove presented by the Cup of Mets podcast. I'm Ian Bosniak, joined alongside by Matthew DeSantis, as always. Just a reminder before we get going, give us a follow on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. We are at Cup of Mets. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, whether it be on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Lastly, today, we have an exciting announcement. The Cup of Mets podcast is officially partnered with SeatGeek. So be sure to use code Cup of Mets on your first purchase on SeatGeek to receive $20 off of your first purchase. And with that, Matt, obviously that's an exciting little tidbit. We're now uh, partnered with SeatGeek. Aside from that, brother, how how you doing? I'm good. I mean, seeing you uh, text us that that all went through and we got approved. That was great, man. It's awesome. Big things coming for the for the podcast and for the group. So 100%. it's good, uh, good, uh, good to see progress. Hell yeah. So everyone go ahead, download SeatGeek if you don't have it already. Use it exactly. as an alternative to StubHub and Ticketmaster and the whole nine. And again, punch in that code, I, Cup of Mets. I've used SeatGeek many times. I've had not one issue with them. I love SeatGeek. Same. No, I actually, I used them for, uh, Rob and I used them when we had, when we went down to Miami last year um, oh, for cool. opening day. Um we use them as the second option because StubHub messed us up at first. So uh, Siki came to the rescue and uh, now, you know, we're going to help out each other a little bit. So again, be sure to download the SeatGeek app. But with that being said, you know, again, the 15th episode of the hot stove, it's winding down. Uh, we have a few tidbits to go over and then we are going to touch upon our top second baseman and shortstops heading into the 2024 campaign. As last episode, we revealed our top catchers and our top first baseman. But before we get going, you know, a question that uh, I posed to Rob earlier in the week, Matt, um, and I also posed it on Instagram as well. So, and something that we frequently talk about here on the pod, do the Mets need another bat? Obviously, it's going to be at DH, but who are they going to get? We spoke about Justin Turner forever, spoke about Jorge Soler forever, this, that, and the third. Mm-hmm. It seemed like, you know, reports came out late last week until over the weekend that the Mets were going to go internal at DH. Then reports leaked earlier this week that the Mets have remained in contact with J.D. Martinez. Nowhere near a deal, but the Mets are definitely in on Martinez if the price is right. A, do you think this gets done? B, what type of edge will you say would Martinez give the Mets um, opposed to a Vientos? I mean, right now, I think the big thing is Vientos is a question mark coming into the spring training into the 2024 season. Martinez would give you uh, reliability, durability, and you know what you're getting with him. You're probably getting at least 30 home runs, 80 RBIs, give or take. Um, now, getting into the financials of it, I don't think that they're going to do it considering that one year of J.D. Martinez after you slap on the 30% tax is like $30 million for yeah. one year. So then it really starts It starts to trickle down to uh, front office and what Stearns wants to do. But, I mean, what is it? How many days are we away? Five. Catch. Five. We're, five. We're five days away. There's still a bunch of big fish on the board. Matt uh, Chapman still there. So you, you still got Snell out there, Montgomery out there. Whole crop. 
if they're gonna spend twenty million dollars, honestly, I would rather just do a one year deal with Montgomery. But see now, what do what do we think that Martinez realistically is gonna get though? Because we were talking about Justin Turner getting eighteen to twenty million dollars. That's what he was asking. That's what reports were saying that he was probably gonna get. And then he wound up getting fourteen million dollars from the Blue Jays. So yeah. You know, do we think Martinez's price tag will drop? I think the Mets could possibly get him at like $15 million. But again, with this tax slapped on, as you mentioned, is it worth the $30 million? Yeah. I I I, I don't know. Again, that would just go against and 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 hit Cohen's tax bill. But to me, it comes down to how realistic do the Mets see their chances of being in 2024? Because obviously, Bientos, massive question mark, but J.D. Martinez, as you mentioned, does give you that guy who you know is going to be there and has done it before, right? And last year with the Dodgers, he showed no signs of slowing down, right? He, yeah. he, hit, he hit 33 home runs. In 113 games, 271, 135 weighted runs created plus, and uh, 2.2 uh, WAR as a DH. Right, so um, you have to look. He also drove in over 100 runs. You know, something that I think is also being miscued when you're looking at, let's say, a Viento, supposed to, um, you know, Martinez. There was a graphic that came about. I don't know. I think it may have been SNY who put it up. But there was a graphic that came out and showed Zip's proje projections going into 2024, and they were very similar. It had Vientos hitting 20 home runs, Martinez 22, Ribby's only maybe like a seven RBI difference between the two, um, and it showed Vientos posting a 1.7 WAR opposed to a 0.7 WAR from Martinez. I think that when you're looking at projections, projections are really tricky because when you take a glance at maybe steamers projections or fan graphs projections or the bats projections, they all have the edge for JD Martinez over Mark Vientos. And I think that to me, I'm looking at this Mets team now and saying, we've got a real solid bullpen and we have a solid bullpen that may be able to help out a question mark of a pitching staff. Then you look at the offense and the offense may need one more established bat to really do some damage. And when I think like that, I say maybe the thirty million is worth it for one year. Yeah, I mean, we really don't know. It's all about if they want to spend that spend that money. At this point, I don't think that they're going to. I think that they're going to stick internal so and see what they got. And if they want to go out and spend money next year, then so be it. I also wonder if a Martinez signing now would preclude the Mets from spending that 10 to $15 million that they were going to hold for the trade deadline. I would say probably so. Yeah. And you would obviously think that unless a massive hole was created at some point during the season, you would think that if they were in contention, they would address the pitching staff. So that would obviously cost money. Um, yeah. And you don't want a Martinez signing to preclude the Mets from that. I mean, listen, Vientos isn't isn't any schlep, and he's not projected to, you know, he, he's projected anywhere from 87 to 108 weighted runs created plus. Um, you know, again, as I mentioned, Zips has him hitting 22 home runs with 72 RBIs, 240 average, 304 on base percentage, and a 439 slugging percentage. But then you look at everybody else, and everyone generally has him um, you know, hitting anywhere between 14 and 16 home runs um, in the 220 to 240 batting range. So 
again, it, it's it's an interesting situation because then you look at a DJ Stewart and you have to hope that he replicates what he did last year. So I don't know. To me, I just I think I'm growing. Rob and I were talking. I don't know about you, Matt, but the moves when they brought in Deekman and Fujinami, it really excited me. Yeah. And for the first time, it was like, hmm, maybe I can see this Mets team potentially, you know, winning. Not winning it, uh, not winning at all, let's say, but like putting together a good product on the field. Pakoda came out with their projections and they have the Mets as the third wild card team. Um, so I don't know if I'm just getting more optimistic and it's making me feel like, hey, maybe they should just go sign JD Martinez then. But I don't know. When you're looking at a guy that drove in over a hundred runs, hit over 30 home runs last year, did what he did in LA, you yeah. know. I think that that oversees a question mark in a duo of Vientos and DJ Stewart. Yeah, I mean, trust me, if you're if you're going to upgrade the team, might as well start upgrading the lineup. So, I mean, at this that, point, I just I don't think that they're going to do that. Um, but like you said about the Deakman and the Fujinami, I mean, worst case scenario, we're we're sending out. We got some nice trade deadline pieces. You're always just thinking to the trade deadline, Maddie. And Bro, because I'm a prospect guy. You know that. I, I know you are. I know you are. But, like, we don't win a championship for, for having the best prospects. You know what I mean? So if we want to pull a 20 yeah, – yeah, if we want to no. if we, if we wanna pull a 2023 Arizona Diamondbacks out of our hat, right, and, you know, go on a nice little run here in 2024, I think that, um, you know – I think, I think we should think more that way, Matt. You know what I mean? Because Mets fans, we're all already, we all already think negatively. You know, we already think about the worst. So, because we've been through the worst. Yeah. 07, 08, 09, 15, 15. Yeah. Last year, everything. Yeah. So, no. I mean, yeah. So, again, we'll, we'll see. It, it, we've been talking about another bad for a while. Um, again, a JD Martinez would do, would do wonders. And then, you know, according to reports, the Mets are still looking at Gio Urshela. He may have better offers, uh, from other teams, but it looks like the Mets and Yankees are both in on him and he is interested in returning to New York. So we don't know which offer would, you know, be higher. Um, but I find it interesting that they're still interested in a Gio Urshela. Obviously it would be for defensive purposes. Um, but I guess a question would still lie if the Mets were to sign J.D. Martinez or a Gio Urshela. What would Mark Vientos' role then be on the team? Would he become a trade piece? Would he go back to – is he in Syracuse? I mean, obviously he would be in Syracuse. I mean, I hope he's not in Syracuse. I mean, if they sign one of, if they sign one of them, then you have Nervaez, you have Joey Wendell, and you have Tyrone Taylor that's locked in. I I I feel like they're still looking for a buyer on uh, Narvaez, but then they would just replace him with Nito, you know. So then you still only have one more bench spot, and if you were to sign a a JD Martinez, you know they'd probably. I mean, either Vientos or Stewart would be in the minor leagues, but I think that Vientos, just given his age, you would stick him there. But then he will probably continue to lose stock. Yeah, dude, that's not what you want. We we need him in the big leagues. We need to see what God, especially this year. Yeah, I mean, I guess in that in that in that situation, I guess it's more. I feel like it's more clear cut 
now that I'm talking about it and articulating it, that if they were to sign JD Martinez, it would probably be uh, DJ Stewart that would get the boot because mm-hmm. then you would be able to have Vientos as a third base option as well if Beatty, you know, flops or, you know, isn't doing well. But then I think if like an Urshela is signed, then you would see Vientos uh sent back to triple a um you know to offer more flexibility to the roster and give the Mets enough some more insurance over a third so um I don't know I I, I personally if the, if the Mets miss out on JD Martinez I'm 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 fine with what we have yeah I don't I don't need I don't need Gio Urshela it's very important that the Mets this year find find if their answer at third base lies with either Beatty or Vientos they need they need that answer because if it's if it's not, then I'm sure next offseason they that's what they're gonna go out and get. Well, we're, they're also missing, you know, the guy who we thought was gonna start at third base and Ronnie Mauricio, you know. So he's another guy who, you know, didn't even get his chance to uh isn't gonna get his chance to shine this year, you know. So Yeah, that's fucked. Third base is definitely definitely a question mark and it, it looks like the Mets are just you know, at, at least looking and, and still uh engaged within the dh and the third base market so yeah. i guess we'll see just like the rest of the hot stove we'll just see yeah that's exactly what happened this hot stove absolutely nothing what a shitty off season i know hopefully next next year will be better hopefully next year will be better but like i don't know i don't even know what i'm saying because it's it's just, you know, we've spoken about bats a million times, but now we're five days away from spring training and, you know, things are coming to fruition. We get word that the Mets are actually going to go internal. And then it's like, oh, no, they're still in contact with J.D. Martinez. So then it's like, all right, opens another can of worms. Let's fucking talk about it again. You yeah. know, so whatever. Oh, man. Yeah. On to, on to other news. Billy Epler's uh, suspended for a year. Yeah, I'm surprised that they didn't uh they didn't hit Steve with anything. Thank goodness that they didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. So perfect. Billy let him, let him uh, run out his let him uh, take out his suspension and then uh, bring him back for next season. Billy Epler. <laughs> well, yeah. Billy. Yeah. So MLB uh, announced today that they placed uh, Billy Epler on its ineligible list through the end of the 2024 World Series following results of the league's investigation into Epler's misuse of the injured list. Again, it's a one year suspension uh, through the investigation. MLB determined that Epler improperly assigned players to the injured list during his tenure as Mets GM, fabricated injuries and submitted false documentation to those ends. But he fully cooperated, you know, so that's good. Um, yeah. I can I can guarantee you that Tommy Hunter was uh, one of those guys who was oh back spasms. You know, it was it was so funny. You know, whenever a player would get injured, yeah. Whenever whenever someone would be coming back from the injured list, you're like you're looking at the roster. Yeah, Tommy Hunter with back spasms. You know, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it was it was it was always something along those lines. You always so, knew. It. So overly fabricated, you can just tell. Oh yeah. The way the Mets are always about their injuries, just you know, it's just not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. Hopefully, this is just the David Stearns era as a new regime, and you know, I, I feel like Cohen finally 
play with some of those pieces that were still left over from the Wilpon era, um, mm-hmm. you know, with David Stern's help in the clean house. So, you know, on to, on to bigger and better things. And Epler joins, I don't even know who else on the ineligible list, but yeah. Is Jared, is, I wonder, is Jared Porter still on that list? Uh, I think, I think Jared Porter is. Yeah. Oh, oh, he joins, uh, he joins Wander Franco. Oh yeah. Yeah. He joins Wander Franco on the ineligible list. And, oh, and, um, Julio Urias. Oh yeah. That, dude, he was going to get paid this off season too. Oh, he was going to get cash. No, he's not cash. Cash, dude. <laughs> Giolito got what? 18 million bucks, 16 million bucks. Urias would have gotten 30 something. Yeah. 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 Crazy, bro. Jerks. We yeah. saw a lot of, we saw some weird shit this offseason. Like a team paid somebody who never pitched a game in the United States $325 million. Yeah. And then we got $700 million deal with 98% of it being via deferrals. Yeah. You know? And uh, what a strange hot stove. Well, I mean, we're just trying to get through this. We're just trying to get through it at this point. You know, it's February. Oh, oh, oh over i'm I'm, yeah you know and i'm 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 just hoping that i'm just hoping again that they can actually add a bat here and give us one more thing to talk about next week so we can continue to flow with our top tens as we you know finish out this hot stove and um that'd be nice and then before you know it it'll be you know towards the end of march we'll be back for the beginning of season three and uh away away the 2024 mets go which is wild to wild to think, but it couldn't come any faster. Cause, um, but I feel like once the Super Bowl's over, it's like officially baseball season. Oh yeah, this Sunday once it strikes Monday at midnight, boom, baseball season. I feel like once the clock strikes zero on the Super, on the game itself, I am uh, it's it's a full go for me. It's yeah, absolute... I feel you. Well. On to our top 10. Again, last week we revealed our top 10. Well, Matt didn't. Matt was working or doing something. What were you doing, Matt? You were working, right? Mm, yeah, I was helping my stepdad with uh, his computer. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the handyman. So Fun stuff. So, you know, just to just to run through Matt's quickly, Matt's top catchers were Adley Rushman, Will Smith, Realmuto, Sean Murphy, Alejandro Kirk, William Contreras, Cal Raleigh, Francisco Alvarez, Jonah Heim, and Tyler Stevenson. One thing I'm going to ask you, why did I get crucified for not having Francisco Alvarez on my top 10? Well, it is I think Mets it's... <laughs> yeah, it is a Mets podcast, but I... I want to be as unbiased as possible. Yeah. And I also, but, you know, as I, I said on the podcast last week, Alvarez was my 11th. Yainer Diaz mm-hmm. just came in above him. And the only reason why is because Diaz, he can hit. He can also defend very well. Alvarez has a ton of pop, but he showed, he showed holes in his swing, ended up with, what, a 209 batting average. Um mm-hmm. And really, his framing what was what is what was incredible last year. Aside from that, you know, his defense still could use improvement. So I just felt like in the moment, Alvarez was was on the outside looking in. But then, you know, I, I got 
you know, I, I did put Pete Alonso fifth as my first baseman. People got on me about that again, saying Vladimir Guerrero was wasn't better than Alonso. So I guess I am the one. Um, Rob was talking last week. How people got on him last year. It looks like I'm the one this year. But uh, Matt's list, which somebody commented on our Instagram post saying that Matt's list was the only one that made sense, uh, was Matt's list was Freddie. Yeah, it was Freddie Freeman, Matt Olson, Bryce Harper, Pete Alonso. Paul Goldschmidt, Vladdy, Spencer Torkelson, Nathaniel Lowe, Tristan Casas, and Christian Walker. Yeah. The one thing people didn't like that you and I did, though, is they didn't like that we put Harper third. Yeah, but when he's healthy, he's 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 good. He's I mean, really good. I mean, he's one of the best player. He's one of the best players in the game. Uh Obviously, he's only played like a quarter of a season at first base in his career. Mm-hmm. But players make position position changes, and make, for example, you know, if Fernando Tatis wasn't suspended going into this season, he would have ranked within my top three right fielders or top five right fielders for last year, even though he didn't, you know, play right field. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that Harper, um, you know, belongs in the top three. So, you and I, you and I agreed with that. Um, Bryce is a dog. Bryce is a dog. You know the one, the one you know, you know unanimous thing is for both catcher and uh, first base. You, myself, and uh, Rob all agreed that uh, Adley Rushman and Freddie Freeman were the top dogs going into um, the year at those respective positions. So, um, with that being said, it's time to dish out our top ten second baseman. Uh, Matt, right. do you want to take the wheel or should I? I'll I'll go through mine. All right. Go ahead, Ricketts. Start at 10. Start at 10. All right. I'll start at 10. I'll go backwards. Uh, So at 10, I put Bryson Stott from Philly. Mm -hmm. Nine, I went with a former. That's his walk up song. (laughs) Number nine, I went with a former Met and Andres Jimenez. Uh, Seven, I went with Cattell Marte. Or eight. Six, Glaber Torres. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait. You had Bryson Stott followed by who? Jimenez. Jimenez followed by? Ketel Marte. So that's eight. Okay. Se- seven Gla- is who? Gla- Glaber Torres. Okay, so now we're up to six. Uh, Luis Arise. Okay. I love I love him, bro. He's a fucking hit machine. He's, and yeah. Miami is so stupid, they'll probably trade him. <laughs> Um, and then and I got Hassan Kim from the Padres, Nico Horner from the Cubs, uh, Marcus Simeon, uh, Ozzy Albies, and Jose Altuve is number one. Jose Altuve is number one. Wow, you're you're missing you're missing a big guy there. Who am I missing? I didn't even bring it up to you before we hopped on here. Mookie Betts. Shit, bro. I was going to save him for the outfield segment. I didn't know that he was full-time second base or else. Here we go. Else... This is why we do these lists. Yeah. So Who's he would be. Bryson Stott's going to get pushed out and Mookie's going to go. Mookie's going to be one. Mookie's one. Okay. Yeah. Mookie would be one. Okay. All right. So on my end here, Somebody that I left out that I recognize when you're talking was Nico Horner. 
Now, Nico Horner is not as big of a name as Mookie Betts, so I'm not going to go ahead and alter my list. I'm just going to take it as it comes, you know, if people want to criticize me. Um, At 10, I have Bryson Stott, um, who you just removed. At 9, I'm going to be a homer here for the first time on on the show. I'm going to put Jeff McNeil at 9. Um, Get the fuck out of here. No, 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 no. The reason being, the reason being, you're going to tell me that he officially drops out of the top 10 second baseman after one down year when he ended up with a 270 batting average. I'd like to hope not. You know what I mean? So, so I, I, to me, I'm expecting a bounce back from McNeil. And I think that he'll be a top tech 10 second baseman going into 2025. So for me, when I'm putting these projections, these lists together, I'm looking for who I think is going to perform the best that year. So, you know, whatever. Kill me if you want. McNeil's my ninth. Uh, Eighth, Andres Jimenez. Seventh, I have Hassan Kim. Six, I have Luis Arise. Five, I have Ozzy Albies. Four, I have Cattell Marte. Three, I have Jose Altuve. Two, I have Marcus Simeon. And one, I have Mookie Betts. It's a good list. There it is. You know, I... Very, very Cattell, solid. Yeah, I flip-flopped a little bit with Cattell Marte and Ozzy Albies, but mm-hmm. to me, Cattell Marte just offers a lot more. I showed it a ton in the postseason. So, yeah. Um, and then when we, when we go to shortstops... Um, I'll take I'll take the wheel on this one. Uh, my top ten shortstops going into twenty twenty four. At number ten, I have J P Crawford of the Seattle Mariners. I was I was very much debating about having him in my top ten. He's been playing well, dude. He had a great year last year. I mean, the question is, will he replicate what he did in two thousand twenty three? That's the that's the question mark. But it's been two consistent seasons in a row, so he makes my top ten. At nine, I have Willie Adamas. Uh, from the Milwaukee Brewers at eight. What a slide. What a slide. But Carlos Correa, the Minnesota Twins. Good thing we didn't sign him last year. At seven, Bo Bichette of the Toronto Blue Jays. At yep. six, I have Dansby Swanson of the Cubs. Five, I have Xander Bogart of the Padres. Four, I have Bobby Witt Jr. of the Royals, who just got that massive $288 million contract extension. At three, I have Trey Turner of the Phillies. Drum roll, please. Here we go. At two, I have Corey Seager of the Rangers. Okay. Okay. And at one, Francisco Lindor is your number one shortstop going into 2024. And I'll give it to you like this. Okay. Seager, what an incredible year he had last year. He was hurt for a large majority of the beginning of the beginning of the year. If he was eligible, he would have, um, you know, at one point been the batting champ or batting title leader. Um, but he ended up only hitting 295. So to me, that's big. And when you look at the overall game in and of itself, uh, Francisco Lindor is the superior defender. Um, you know, he doesn't hit for the average like Seager does, but you mm-hmm. know they they both hit for power. They both get on base at a similar clip. Lindor runs more. And you look at the wars from last year. War doesn't lie. Lindor posted a six war. Corey Seager, 4.8. So 
Yeah. Lindor, my number one shortstop. All right. Well, well let's let me let these rip. My one and two ours are flipped. Okay. All right. Ten. I have Swanson, Dansby Swanson from the Cubs. Wow. Nine. Yeah. Nine. I have Carlos Correa. I have some young guys in here that are going to be good. Curveballs. Good. Uh, eight. I have Xander Bogarts from the mm-hmm. Padres. Seven. C.J. Abrams from the he Washington was, Nationals. He w- he was my eleventh. Dude, I I think he's gonna make an even bigger jump than last year. He's gonna be good. He's a star. Um, above him at six, I have Ellie De La Cruz. There's a curveball. From... Okay, and that's yeah. There's my curveball. Five, I have Bo Bichette. Four, Trey Turner. Uh, three, Bobby Witt Jr. And this is where we flipped. I went. Lindor at two, Seeger at one. I think it's very much one A, one B though. I agree. I agree. Like it, it, they both kind of have different play styles, so it's like, I don't know. Absolutely, both shortstops are fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I think you're going to see most mainstream lists have Seeger listed as one and Lindor two. I think a big majority of it is the fact that. You know, obviously, uh, you know, no discredit to Seekers 2023. It was remarkable mm-hmm. MVP candidate, but um, Seeger put on when the lights were on the brightest, you know, and he ended up winning the World Series. He does what he does in the postseason. And, um, you know, I think that's why you're going to see Seeger atop many lists. But it'll, we also flip flop three, four, right? You had uh, you had Trey Turner four, Wit three. Yep. Yeah. So I had Wit four and Trey Turner three. These are good. These are good because last year, last year, Rob and myself's lists were really similar. And this year, it looks yeah. like we're having a lot of flip-flopping. Um, good, because next- it'll be nice to look on this at the end of the year. Exactly. Exactly. And then we'll really be able to see who uh, who nailed it all down. But this is the first, um, these are the first, that's the first position that uh, someone that we disagreed on the uh, consensus top shortstop. You know, good. discussion. That's good. Yeah. Offer some discussion here in what's been a quiet winter. Um, so, yeah. With that, Maddie, uh, anything else as we, you know, are approaching spring training here, awaiting potentially a JD Martinez acquisition? You know, uh, anything else you want to add here? I mean, yeah. If, if uh, everybody is getting gearing up for spring training games, uh, getting back to city field, be sure to use our CK code cup of mats, get your $20 off. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for this to start baseball season to start up football to end. It's always sad, but, uh, it's bittersweet seeing baseball start again. And, uh, I don't know. I'm just excited for the hot stove to end. Hell yeah. Yeah. These are, you know, we can only talk about, um, potential moves for so long and we've been doing it since the beginning in November. And I think the recognition set in with all of us Mm -hmm. was like the end of December that it was going to be like, Oh gosh, there's not going to be much more brewing. So, um, you know, it's been fun though. And uh, again, we appreciate everyone for uh, tuning in as always. Again, we'll probably have three, maybe four more hot stove episodes. Um, You know, obviously if the Mets do anything big, we'll be there or as big as they possibly can, we'll be there 
And then yeah. again, we'll release next episode. We will drop our top third basemans and our top DHs heading into the year. Then we'll head into the outfield. We'll go to the mound and uh, that'll conclude our top tens for going into 2024. With that being said, episode 15 is in the books. Remember, give us a follow on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok, Rack Up a Mets. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And lastly, just one final reminder, be sure to use code CUPOFMETS to get $20 off of your first purchase on the SeatGeek app. So make sure you download that app. Again, for Matthew DeSantis, Ami and Bosniak, thanks again for joining us. We're almost there, guys. Let's go, Mets. Good night. Have a good weekend, guys. Enjoy the Super Bowl.